brand new series called Breakers, and uh, we're going to start it today, and uh, it's a three-part series over the next three weeks, and uh, I, don't, I don't say this all the time, but if you could ever make three weeks in a row, this would be the three weeks to do it. I really believe God's trying to position our, our church for some really strategic um, moves, changes, to take ground, to, to really break through in your own life, in your businesses. And uh, so the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about breakthrough and, uh, and how to accomplish that, how to step into the breakthrough God has for us. And so if you can make three in a row, do it. And uh, if you missed our last series, I'm In. It was a five-part series, and um, it, it, was, it was really impactful for a lot of us. And so if you missed it, go back on YouTube, on our podcast, check it out, watch it, because this is going to build on that. All right, so this, this three is going to build on those five. Uh, I want you to go to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 5 is where we're going to grab our text for the series. And uh, then I'll read you one other passage of scripture that we'll, that we'll grab our message today from. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. It says, So David went to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, As waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal Perizim. Now, the significance of the name Baal Perizim is in its meaning, and it means this. It means the Lord or the master of breakthrough. It, it means the, the Lord who breaks out or bursts forth. I mean, this, 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 is, this is how David describes God working on his behalf. He said God showed up, and it was like he broke through the enemy. How, how many came to church today and you know that you need a breakthrough of some kind? I, I want you to know this. You serve a God of breakthrough. He, he is a God of breakthrough. We, we talk about breakthrough a lot in our world. There's breakthroughs uh, in, in science. There's breakthroughs in medicine. We talk about athletes or athletic teams having breakthrough. Go Cowboys. I've been saying this. I think this is the first time I've ever said this without sarcasm. This could be the year. All right. It's the first time in, in 10 years I've ever said that without sarcasm. Um, I still got a little bit, just a little bit. But, but it's, it's, it'll be good to see what happens. We talk about breakthrough. Breakthrough. But I'm going to tell you how you know you need breakthrough. The way you know that you need breakthrough is anywhere where there is a disconnect between God's truth and your reality. So whatever you're living in here, if it's not the same as God's truth about you, then you need a breakthrough. That's what we want to talk about uh, in, in, in this series. I want you to go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 24. It's a familiar passage of scripture. It says, so Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. That's a long time to suffer. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard, this is really key, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak. Because she thought, this is key as well, because she thought, this was her thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? He didn't know who it was. Who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? In this passage of scripture, this woman, scholars tell us, was a wealthy woman. That she had financial means. 
And this text says that she had spent all she had trying to get better. She had exhausted her emotional supply and financial supply trying to find an answer for the disease that she had. And this is what the scripture says, and she didn't get better, she got worse. You ever had a situation that you're trying to everything to fix and it got worse? You ever been in a marriage and, and you're trying everything with everything you are to fix it and it's getting worse? Nope, nobody raise your hands. This is, that's, that's one of those you just like, you, you, you like, you're praying for someone, you know? It's, it's never hits home. I, I've got two boys, Jude and, Jude and Genesis, five and four, and, and um, they are hilarious, and I love them, and they keep us on our toes. But we have a little tradition. Whenever we go to a certain store, we, there is a, like one of those arcade machines like with a claw. You know the claw? You know, just like you have a 0.001% chance of ever winning anything. And so every time we go, we've yet to win. And I don't know how much money we have spent on this machine. It's a dollar every try. So I'll give them a, each a try, and the claw comes out, and miss. And then, Dad, can we have another dollar? No. All right, we just try once. Honestly, I have zero hope that we will ever win. I just count it as a loss, like it's a dollar for the entertainment. There is no chance that we're ever going to win, and it's full of stuffed animals, and my boys don't need any more stuffed animals anyways, because on their beds right now, there's so many stuffed animals that in the morning, I have to like comb through the animals to try to find their bodies. Like that's a bear, that's a rhino, that's a giraffe, oh, there you are, I mean that's, that's, that's how bad it's gotten. Well, one time we were at a different type of vending machine, it's one of the ones where you put in the number, and then you get like a snack. And so they wanted like a bag of chips or whatever, so we put in the number. And uh, I like those ones better because you get what you order. You know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and so we put in the code, and the thing starts moving, and they're all watching it. And, uh, it drops the bag of chips, and it gets stuck. I'm like, okay, that, that's not right. Like, these machines hate us. We paid for this. It's there. It's sitting right there. Like, it's stuck. And so I'm like... Sorry, boys. Like, so they got their arms, you know, we're trying to get it. And they're like, Dad, what are we going to do? And uh, I'm like, it's, it's stuck. And then I got mad. Because I'm like, that's not right to pay for something and not to get it. So I just like relived like high school fantasy and dreams. Got down to a three-point stance. Launched off the toes into the machine. Right up under its chin. Rocked it back. Fell back forward. And the chips fell down. My boys grab the chips and look at me like I am, like, the best thing that ever happened. I'm like, I hope it gets stuck every time. You know, I just shoulder that thing. You know, I was praying and, and preparing for this series. I started thinking that, that a lot of times we come to church and we approach God like the claw machine. We come in. Here we are. Nothing happened, but I was there. We've actually given up hope of actually receiving anything because we're here and we do it and it's what we do and hey, it's entertaining, it makes us feel a little bit better, we're encouraged, we're inspired, we laugh a lot maybe, we, we, we like watch that guy up there with all the energy and uh, you know like, but, but we don't get anything. And I want you to know this, that God is not like the claw machine. In fact, he's more like the snack machine that Jesus, not just, not, not you, Jesus has paid a price for certain freedoms that now are ours. But for many of us, our, our, what we need is stuck in the vending machine of heaven 
And it's up to us to break through and to get it. See, I'm concerned about the church because I think we have become way too cowardly. We've become way too weak, way too politically correct, way too worried about what other people are going to say, what other people are going to think. We're loud about things we should be silent about. We're silent about things we should be loud about. We don't even know who we are anymore. We have settled for such a watered-down version of church, a watered-down version of gospel, a watered-down version of grace, a watered-down version of love, a watered-down version of power. We don't even know what this is anymore besides a self-help club that we try to encourage one another and... That's not the church of Jesus Christ. He is the Lord, the master of breakthrough. And the disconnect for many of us is not that we don't believe God has power. The disconnect for many of us is we know God has power, but we don't know how that power gets in our problem. Anybody relate with that? We know God heals. We just don't know how to get that healing in my disease. We know God delivers. We just don't know how to get that deliverance into my reality. And that's what I want to talk about for the next three weeks is how you can be a breaker. How you can pull God's truth into your reality. What do you do? What do you do when the thing that God promised can't get into your reality? What do you do when you have a problem? What do you do when things get worse? What do you do when you're doing everything right? And you're suffering and things are getting worse. I want to tell you this. Wherever there is a disconnect between God's truth and my reality, I must contend for breakthrough. Where do you need breakthrough? Wherever there is a disconnect between what God says and what I'm living. If God says I'm healed and I'm not healed, it doesn't mean God has failed me. It means that there is a disconnect right now in me and the vending machine. And now I need to break through into a reality. I need to contend for breakthrough so that now I can live in the truth that Jesus purchased for me. It's already been paid for. This is not about stealing a healing. This is about a healing's already bought. The chips have fallen. We just got to go get them. It's there. It's available. I know it's easier said than done. And I'll tell you this. It's way easier to believe for someone else than it is for yourself. Isn't that the truth? Like, man, someone gets this bad doctor's report, and you're, like, dumping oil on them, praying for them, fasting. Like, you're going to get healed. You stop talking negatively. We're full of faith. And then it hits you, and you're like, well, you know, things happen. Because it's easier to believe for breakthrough for someone else than it is for you. But I want to propose this to you, that God, in his goodness, did not just make you a beggar that would try to grab breakthrough from God. In fact, when Jesus came, he made it possible that you could create, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quantify this, okay, so before you get all mad and walk out, that you could create your own breakthrough. You know, for, for many of us, we have mindsets that are contrary to the truth of God's word. We have mindsets. Now, the, the way you get a mindset is by setting your mind on something. Now, this woman had suffered for 12 years. You think that she had a mindset? about her condition? Yes, when you suffer that long, you've set your mind on your suffering for that long. Now you have a mindset of suffering. If you set your mind on God's lack of faithfulness for so long, you will begin to have a mindset that God is not faithful. 
If you set your mind on the failures of leaders or pastors or churches, you will have a mindset against church. We, this happens all the time. People come to church because they want to grow spiritually. They're going to give church another chance, but their hearts are closed because a leader somewhere along the lines hurt them. And they never can receive breakthrough because they cannot open up their heart again, but it's because they have a mindset as a result of setting their mind against a grievance from someone else. Let me help you with your marriage. Sometimes we bring old relationships into new marriage, right? It's just, just us. It's just we're alone. You, when you step into marriage, you bring those old relationships, the words, the negativity, the shame, the abuse. You bring that into that new relationship, but it's not a part of that new relationship. But you've set your mind so much on that hurt that now it's become a mindset about men in general. But that person's not that man. So you got to let him go. See, we need breakthrough wherever there is a disconnect in our thinking, in our mindsets of God's truth and our reality. Is this too much? For, is this too much? All right. I'm gonna try, I'll, I'll try to lighten it up just a little bit because it's like, I got heavy. You say marriage, and it's like everyone just gets a little tense. Marriage, money, sex, it's just like gets tense in the, in the room. Um, some of you, I can't believe, I, someone just woke up in the back row, they're like, sex? Uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome. Uh, wherever there is a disconnect between God's truth and our reality, we need breakthrough. This is what the Word of God says His Word says, I'm healed, I have been delivered. I'm free. I am provided for. It says I'm loved. I'm forgiven. It says I can do the impossible and operate in the miraculous. Is it up there? Anywhere that there is a disconnect in your reality and that truth, you need a breakthrough. Well, maybe that's not for me. No, no, no. This is for everyone. This is what Jesus died for, that we could be saved, healed, and delivered. This is what he paid the price for. The snack dropped. It's just stuck. Now we need breakers, people with a mentality, a mindset of breakthrough that says we are going to contend. We're going to shake the machine, so to say. We're going we're, 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 we're to contend for that healing, that breakthrough. i got to have some congruence between what God said and my reality now. What do you do when you're need, in need of breakthrough and things are getting worse, you're suffering, you can see God's provision, you know God's truth, but it's not your reality? Let me tell you what the woman with the issue of blood did. The first thing that happened is that she heard. Hearing. Hearing is very important. What you hear. Who's talking to you is super important. If you're around people that are telling you to bail on your marriage because it's easier being single, that's not going to help you have a mindset of breakthrough. I'm just like really harping on the marriages today. I just got to roll. This is for other services, other campuses. Y'all just relax. It's, but what we hear, what we hear, what we hear establishes something. If the only thing you ever hear is negativity, you will begin to have a mindset about negativity. For many of us, we have so set our mind on limitations that our mindset is that God has limitations. When we really should be setting our mind on possibilities and setting my, our mind on the possibilities that God could work in our lives. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says this. It says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This woman had suffered for 12 years, but for some reason, at this time in her life, she began to hear the whispers that Jesus was there. Jesus is here. He's healing people. 
dead kids got up and were raised to life. Lame people got up and began to walk. Blind eyes were opened and people began to see. And when she heard this, it produced faith in her. See, for some of you, all you need today is to hear that God wants you delivered, that God wants you free, that God wants you happy, that God wants you joyful, that God wants you peaceful, that God wants... That some of you just need to hear it. Because when you hear it, it's going to produce a faith in you to believe that that can be your reality. If you're living with a sickness, I'm just going to tell you, it is not God's will for you to live with that sickness. Now, help, let, me, let me help you for a second. Before you go tell someone that it's not God's will for them to live with that sickness, there are different times and reasons for everything. All we know, all we know is that God paid... Jesus paid the price for that healing. So we contend in a place of breakthrough for that healing. This woman suffered for a long time. We talked about a couple weeks ago a man who had suffered for 40 years. So before you talk about someone's lack of faith or their belief, no, you, you should just stay out of that because it's different when it hits your own home. But for everyone, we should have a mentality, a mindset, a possibility that whatever we're facing, God can and desires to break through. She heard. The second thing, this is really interesting, verse 28, it says, because she thought, she thought, our thinking, because she thought, if I just touch his garment, his robe, I will be healed. She thought it. Now, I'm going to ask you a rhetorical question. Don't answer. All right? This, this, this is, I don't like it when preachers ask trick questions, and then you answer, and they're like, no. You know, and then they tell you the real. This is a trick question. Okay? So don't answer. You're going to be wrong. When, when did she get her breakthrough? When she touched Jesus? That's not the time to answer. No. When she thought. Her breakthrough began when she began to think that it was possible and that all she had to do was touch. See, for, for, for a lot of us, action is just action. It's not a byproduct of thought. Action should be a byproduct of thought. You come into church and it's all action. That's religious duty. Lift up your hands. Everybody lift up your hands. If there's no thought behind it, if there's no understanding of what we do and why we do it, we got a lot of people trying to go through the motions, but there is no forward momentum or breakthrough power because that breakthrough comes as a result of faith, which comes as a result of thinking, if I just touch him, I will be healed. I'll be healed. Dr. Caroline Leaf says this, as we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. Now, this is good, but you know what that is? That's Bible. That's all that is. That is Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, we demolish arguments. Stop for a second. What is an argument? An argument is any other truth outside of the word of God. The argument is the argument that says you're always going to struggle that way. No, we demolish that argument this way. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean? To make it obedient to Christ. How do you, how do you make a thought be obedient to Christ? You line it up with the word of God. So if I'm thinking a thought about my life, 
my relationships, my finances, my business, my health, my identity, my mental health. My, if I'm thinking about any of those things that doesn't line up with the word of God, I have to take that thought and bring it into captivity. And I have to make it obey, which means I have to get God's truth and I got to pull it down into my reality. This is, this is what happened with the woman with the issue of blood. It says that she heard, which produced faith. When she had faith, then she thought. And she thought, if I just can touch, if I can, if I can just touch, then I know I'll be healed. She began to think that there was possibility. See, this is what I need for you today, is I need you to start thinking about the possibilities and not the limitations. I need you to start thinking about the possibilities and not the timeline. I need you to start thinking about God's plan and God's truth and not everything that stands up against it. Because our scripture that we read in the very beginning talks about Baal Perizim, which is the Lord who breaks out. He makes the place of opposition, the place of trouble, the place of trials. He makes that the place now where he breaks out on our behalf. And this is the last thing that she does is then she acted. The touch was the last thing. If she heard, she thought, and then she acted. But acting is a byproduct of right thinking and right hearing. Acting is just a byproduct of right thinking and right hearing. That scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20, it says it was that they named that place Baal Perizim. Baal Perizim. And it meant, what we talked about, the Lord or the master of the breakthrough. Now, this is what's interesting. It was named already the Valley of Rephaim. So it already had a name, and Rephaim actually meant the place of the giant. You know, I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but the enemy never attacks you on the mountaintops. He always attacks you in the valleys. It was the valley of Rephaim. It was the, it was the dark place. It was the, it was the difficult place. It was the place of trying. It's like tests never come one at a time. Tests come all at one time. You ever notice this? Things don't break all, like one at a time. It's like the, the things that your, your appliances in your house do not know your budget schedule. <laughs> right? It's like they just decided at the same time to all go out as well as the car. I mean, it, just, it happens at the same time because it's the valley. The valley. The valley. The valley. The enemy always attacks in the valley. But what David said when God broke through his enemies and he broke through, he said, the place that has been called the place of the giant will now be called the place where the Lord broke through. That sounds like God to me. That the place of your greatest challenge is actually going to be the place of your greatest testimony. That the place of your greatest suffering will actually be the place of God's goodness and God's faithfulness in your life. Where you used to mark that as suffering, God's going to mark it as a miracle. What you used to mark as hopeless, God's going to mark it as a testimony of his power to break through on your behalf. I'm telling you, God wants you to break through. God wants you to break through so that there's truth of his word is actualized in your life. I don't know what's been stuck in the vending machine of heaven, but there has to be some type of an attitude about the believer that says, Jesus paid for it, I'm going to get it. We are way too polite with God's promises. Well, you must not want me to have it. Well, it just must not be for me. It must just be for them. Stop it right now. 
and get the mindset, the mentality of a breaker that says, Jesus, you paid for it. I'm going to shake the vending machine of heaven until it drops down into my possession. I'm not happy looking at it. I'm not happy talking about it. I'm not happy dreaming about it. I'm going to go get it. That's the type of church that Jesus is raising up. That's the type of church that we're trying to build. A church of breakers. A church of breakthrough that says, God, you promised it. God, you said it. I'm going after it. I'm not giving up on my marriage. I'm not giving up on my job. I'm not giving up on your promises until I possess them. That's breakthrough. That's breakthrough. Now this is the, this is, this is the wild thing and, and, and again, this is a trick question, okay? Trick question. Did Jesus touch her? No. She touched him. Now I'm going to help somebody because you've been waiting your whole life for God to break through. Some people die bitter at God because he never broke through. But Jesus already bought it, friend. It might be stuck in the vending machine of heaven, but it's already been paid for. And as soon as she thought, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed, she reached out. Who touched? She did. She, she, so who, who initiated the breakthrough? She did. In fact, this is how bad it was. Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? He didn't even know it was her. She walked away with a healing that he didn't even know until he asked who it was. You know what we do all the time? Spend our whole lives waiting. Politely. Like, just polite little Christians. Nobody in the world waiting for nothing but Christians waiting on God. No, no, nobody... Nobody waits on anything. If you're going to make it, you go out and get it. Come on, be aggressive. Your job is your place that you want warfare and you got to battle and 48 laws of power and how to manipulate your way to the top. And we're going to go get it. Come on. And then in church, we're like, uh, I don't know. Like, maybe one of these days I'll. No. The woman with the issues of blood, issue of blood, her pastor didn't show up. Come here. Come on. Come on. Now, if you feel comfortable, touch his garment. Then have the entire church walk with her and be like, come on. Come on. Crawl through the crowd. Come on. Come on. Use your voice. Use your voice. Here we go. Here we go. Re nope. She just thought. He has breakthrough. I need breakthrough. There's a disconnect between his truth and my reality. He has the truth. I don't. So I'm going to reach out and touch it. And immediately, she was healed. And then Jesus turns around and says, who touched me? I felt power go out from me. Where are you? Who touched me? Because breakthrough is not about Jesus being like, okay, it's your turn. It's about the faith of a breaker. It's about the mentality of a breaker that says, Jesus already paid for it, and I'm his. I belong to his family. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I'm going to go get what I... I don't have to have a rocky marriage. I don't have to have my kids walk away from the Lord. I don't have... 
I'm, 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 I'm serious today. I'm telling you, God's putting it in your lap. God's putting it on your timeline. God's putting it in your control. That if you want breakthrough, you've got to decide, I'm going to go get breakthrough. Now, this is what's going to happen. Before you shout too much and before you jump around, let me tell you this. This is what's going to happen. For some of you, you're going to hit the vending machine all fired up after Sunday. And the chips are going to stay there. Then you're going to be like, oh, I guess it didn't work. And you're going to start thinking again about limitations and not about possibilities. No, friend, hit it again. Hit it again. Hit it again. Even Jesus had to pray twice. He prayed for the blind guy, and he's like, I think I see something. Jesus like, let's roll that again. Even Jesus had to pray twice because you have to contend for your miracle. You have to contend for your breakthrough. Friends, I don't have your breakthrough. You've got your breakthrough. It's your faith. It's your belief. It's your aggression. It's your perseverance. It's you being tenacious and going after everything that God has for us. That's who we are as a church. We're going after everything God has. It's not about a pastor running after it. It's about a church that recognizes I'm a breaker. Come on, stand up with me all across this place. Join the other crazy ones. First time you're like, man, this is crazy. I saw some people stand up. People stand up at football games too. You haven't, you haven't thought they were crazy. Maybe, maybe you have, actually. I've thought that before. I felt this so strong all week. I'm not trying to like belabor the point. But I think that we've been too polite with something that Jesus already paid for. See, it's not trying to push him against his will. It's to work with his will. He paid for it. It's there. I just got to go get it. I got to go get it. Can you contend for 12 years? Because that's a question you should answer for yourself. There's going to be a time where something unlocks, something breaks. I remember when Jesus... Reading this, when Jesus told the, the widow how to pray, they call her the persistent widow. That's interesting. He said, just keep on. The, the actual context is that this woman annoyed the judge until he gave her what she was asking for. And Jesus says, and this is how you should pray. Some of you have been so polite that you haven't even annoyed God for the snack that Jesus left in your vending machine. It's time to shake heaven, friends. We're not trying to fill a church. We're not trying to have a club. We're trying to reach a city. We're not trying to just have a cute family, 2.3 kids, two-car garage, white picket fence. We're trying to leave legacy generation to generation. We're not trying to just barely make it. We're trying to have a breakthrough mentality that says, I'm not just going to live, but I'm going to have John 10, 10, life and life more abundantly. Anything that God says I can have, I want, and I'm going to contend, and I'm going to shake heaven, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to have faith until it comes into my possession. You don't have to live bound. You don't have to live discouraged. You don't have to live anxious. anxious. Jesus already paid the price, friend, so we can step into that reality I feel like we should just pray for breakthrough I'm like I've been preaching myself like into a little bit of a fit today after the first service I was like oh man I gotta be careful I got like a long day ahead of me 
I got to preach a lot more times. I, I, there's, there's no reason to save anything for the other services. I'm telling you, God's here right now. He's here right now. The power of God is in this room. And for many of you, you've been waiting on me. You've been waiting on the band. You've been waiting on your dad. You've been waiting. And I'm telling you, right now, you just need to decide, I'm going to go get my breakthrough today. I'm going to get it tomorrow. I'm going to keep on shaking until the answer comes. Some tenacity. Some persistence. Thanks for listening to the Church 1132 broadcast. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com.